Welcome to this episode of SDI Encounters, a podcast from SDI, the home of spiritual companionship. I'm Matt Whitney. Learn more about us and our work on our website, sdicompanions.org. Who is a spiritual companion? A spiritual director is a spiritual companion. So is a life coach. So is a chaplain, a hospice nurse, really anybody in a caring vocation. But it can also be a type of person who lives and listens in ways that embody this type of caring. That is, a spiritual companion need not do it as a job. Some of us are spiritual companions in the way we honor our relationships to family, friends, colleagues, neighbors, the land, our ancestors, and the cosmos. So there are lots of ways the role of spiritual companionship manifests, and SDI celebrates the diversity of practices and people who identify as one. But how does one identify or see themselves and others as a spiritual companion? In April 2020's Listen publication, Executive Director Reverend Seifu Anil Singh Malaris wrote a reflection called The Dimensions of Spiritual Companionship. These are a series of characteristics and skills that a companion lives into and practices in their life. What are the characteristics of a spiritual companion? Reverend Seifu's various dimensions invite us to consider this. And I think it's important to note that one need not embody all of these dimensions. But I think each one should give us some pause, at least, in which one might consider, how do I practice this dimension? How do I embody it? How do I live it out? In an ongoing series of episodes, Reverend Seifu and I will have conversations around each of these dimensions as a way to unpack and get to know each of them in depth. And as you listen, I invite you to consider each for yourself. The way that you understand each dimension need not reflect how we understand it. But I hope that these conversations spark either a knowing within you or a good curiosity. The first uh, hallmark here that you list is deep listening. And I like talking about this one first because for me, it's the crux of why we talk about spiritual companionship instead of spiritual direction, because it's listening is at the core of this practice. And so you name this deep listening, which is not a passive act, but rather a profound and supportive engagement with the people we companion. You understand deep listening in that regard. I'm having a Zen response right now. So my response to your to that question should be to be quiet. Yeah, do you want me to just put 10 minutes of silence in here? <laughs> <laughs> you, you can put some John Cage music. No. Um, yeah, but, but I think that's that's really kind of the heart of the matter, which is as a spiritual companion, I love metaphysics. I love talking about the universe and God and, you know, all my training academic and otherwise is around that. And so I have a lot to say, way too much. But in a spiritual companion relationship, my role is not to speak any of my truths. It's to listen to you as you elaborate your own, right? And so I would say, Matt, tell me about why are you here, right? The first question in a spiritual companion is, is like, why are you here? Tell me a little bit about yourself. And why why you came to me, 
hopefully. And you would say, hopefully, I'm here because I can't find God in my life anymore. Whatever it might be, right? I'm just using that as an example. I, I don't know where God is anymore. He's gone. I can't find him or her or however you describe the, the great beyond. And my job would be to say, tell me more about that. Explain to me why you feel that way, what you mean when you say God, and why you feel like you've lost track of that being or that entity. And then I would sit back, and as you spoke your truth around it, you know, you might talk about your background, you might talk about theology, you might talk about experiences or loss or whatever it is, you would start to reveal to yourself why you thought you had lost sight of that greater beyond. And my job as a spiritual companion is to listen to you because we all need to be witnessed and we all need to be heard and acknowledged. And that is actually the most supportive thing that we can do for another person, for another human being, is to be their witness. And so spiritual companions witness through deep listening, witness through listening carefully and attentively to the people we companion as they reveal themselves to themselves and to us also. So I think that's that's why deep listening is probably the most essential modality. It's just it's a respectful, encouraging, supportive way of giving people the space to open up and be vulnerable and to take the risk of exploring to be given permission to explore their own emerging, or in some cases, their own mature spiritualities, whatever the case might be. Yeah, there's a lot there I want to touch on. Innate spirituality, I might name that too. And this is the kind of fun part in giving the elevator speech on spiritual companionship is saying, and then we just listen without judgment and allow you to just share what is on your heart. And that is really what spiritual companions are training to do or trained to do and are continually working on is not giving you too much guidance, not giving you answers that are, you know, my answers, but allowing you to name the answers that are already within you. And I talk about this as listening into being, that a spiritual companion listens into being the spiritual story or the sacred truth that is already in you. And so when somebody comes to you and it's like, I can't find God anywhere, and you say, tell me more about that, and you just sit back and listen, and then over 45 minutes as somebody is sharing, it always feels like suddenly there is something there that the person shares that is like, oh, wait, you know, maybe I did notice. Or maybe the spiritual companion, as part of that deep listening practice, is also paying attention to the way that story is being shared and notices things for that person. I noticed that you lit up when you talked about playing the guitar. Yeah, and, and I, I agree. I mean, what I've experienced myself in, in doing spiritual companionship with other folks is that they start answering their own questions, right? And they come, it's like, where is God? And then by the end of that 45-minute session or, you know, 50, whatever it is, they go, oh, well, now that I think about it, or, you know, now that I'm, you know, you're allowing me to share... I realized that I think God abandoned me by, you know, when I lost this person. And I feel a, a sense of loss and betrayal. And, you know, as they start to explore, and I'm just using examples here, that sense of loss and betrayal, what is revealed to them is 
the expectation of continuous support that always was around that notion of God will be here for me. God is always going to be here to support me and sustain me. God kind of pulled the rug out from under you, and now you're tumbling through space. Is God still there? Yes, of course God is still there. But maybe he or she or it is trying to teach you something here. Right? And, and, and I'm not saying this as a, as a spiritual companion. I'm witnessing that own dialogue that is unfurling within them where they go, oh, I need to take a different perspective. And that's their own conclusion. We're not passive listeners either, right? And you say that right here, not a passive act. There's no way that any of us can be just artificial intelligences. I mean, we are listening and we do have our lived experience and the things that shape us and name us as that we always bring to who we are. And I guess I just wanted to name that because it's something that I kind of wrestle with as a spiritual companion in training. How much of me shows up in this relationship? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's the psychologists call that active listening, right? Which is, let me just play back for you what I think you just said. And as I do that, you just said, uh, Matt, that you think the role of a spiritual companion is to get out of the way of the people that they're companioning, to not create additional obstacles. Did I hear you correctly? And that's just a prompt. It's kind of like looking, we've, we've often talked about how companions are like mirrors. Put up a mirror and I say, okay, Matt, you say you want to look at yourself. Here it is. All I'm doing is listening to you. But I'm, I'm listening actively because... I love you because I care for you, because your well-being is my well-being, because your discovery is my discovery, because your exploration and your path becomes my exploration and my path too, right? Because we're in this together. And so I think there's, there's all of that dimensionality in that relationship and in that act of deep listening, which is an act of profound love, actually, and caring. It is. And, and I think it's one that is misunderstood by you know, people who are first starting out and receiving spiritual companionship is that someone goes in and, and kind of wants some answers, right? If they say, I can't find God. You know, they want the companion to be like, okay, tell me some ways I can go find him. You yeah, know? here he is. And then here he is. And the companion is like, the, the guy that says, you know, well, tell me more about that. You know, what, what does that mean to you? And then the person leaves and they're like, well, what was that all about? Why did I even go see that person? They didn't give me any advice. They just sort of asked me a few questions and didn't say much. But then over time, and, and I know this firsthand, I have a friend who explained this the first time they went to a spiritual director, you know, mm-hmm. didn't really say anything. But after a few weeks, things started to sink in a little bit in a way that surprised this person. And then I think that's where it started to click. I want to take a moment to tell you about SDI's very first online course called Exploring Spiritual Companionship Across Traditions. Join SDI for a 12-week survey course of spiritual companionship's expression in various authentic forms, Judaism, Buddhism, indigenous traditions, Christianity, Hinduism, Islam, Sikhism, 
contemporary shamanism, eco-spirituality, and more. Guided by the very best in the field, offering their expertise and personal experiences. This course is for anyone who desires to broaden their understanding and practice of spiritual companionship beyond a single tradition or approach. It is for anyone considering becoming a spiritual companion and seeks an inclusive, pluralistic introduction to the craft. This 12-week live course begins September 9th, but you can register anytime and watch the recordings at your own pace. Register now on our website, sdicompanions.org. We use lots of analogies, right? But it's the whole teaching another person how to fish. Spiritual companionship is like that. It's like, yeah, I, I can fish for you and you can look at me fishing and I pull out the fish and I give it to you and you go, oh, great, I have a fish. I have dinner, right? But I'm not going to be around forever and I'm not dependable, whatever it is. Wouldn't it be better if you learn how to fish yourself? Wouldn't it be better if you learn how to rely on yourself? And actually, the, the exploration of the beyond of God requires you to fish for yourself. There's no optionality about it. It's like, if you really want to be in the same room with the beyond, you have to get yourself there. Nobody can put you there. And in fact, if they try, they're actually doing themselves and you a tremendous disservice because you'll never get there that way. And so many people who are, this is, this is a terrible tragedy across history, and, and we see it right now all over the place, who are, who are not respecting the agency of the people they companion, actually sabotage that person's efforts, right? They make it less likely that they're going to be able to sort themselves through the spiritual journey because they've now been sent off in lots of wrong roads and explorations that are not going to serve them, they're just going to distract them. It's kind of like drinking a bottle of wine. Feels great, doesn't last very long. And if you're not careful, you're drinking a bottle of wine every night and confusing that with God, right? It's not the same thing. Yeah, and the fishing analogies, that's deep wisdom because I can be like, just give me the fish. Like, I just want to eat fish and I can give that to you one time and then you you have it for a little bit and then it's gone and then you're like okay now i'm hungry again give me some more fish and not knowing how to fish this codependency relationship can happen and that becomes really harmful and you know you talk about it as this service and this act of deep love and it it is and it's so hard for the spiritual companion to not give the fish you know and i mean it gets easier with practice and I, I have identified that, you know, as my own ego that is like, I want this person who is sitting with me to feel like they got good value. I want them to feel like I know what I'm doing as a spiritual companion, that I have some wisdom to share. It's very tempting to just give the fish. It's much harder to not. But that is the profound love right there. I think the whole idea of, of witnessing is, is a really profound one and it's not insignificant that it is a profound one in psychotherapy and psychology and in parenting and in relationship with our partners and, and relationship with our co-workers or whatever it's the the feeling that my voice has been heard that my being has been acknowledged that my value or whatever stage of the spiritual path I'm on, that someone is hearing me, that someone is acknowledging me. And that's such a core 
need that we all have. Of course, we have to transcend that need eventually. Yes. But that's down the road, right? Initially, we want to be heard and we want to be acknowledged. And so deep listening accomplishes that very core psychological and spiritual requirement we all have. I really don't need anything except to be in conversation. I, you know, I used to, to ride around in trains when I was a teenager. I'd ride all over Europe. I was 16, 17, and I'd spend three months on a train, and I would meet hundreds and hundreds of people, right, over, over many trips, over many years. And they would tell me stuff that they would never tell their partners or their spouses or their loved ones because there was this, the freedom of anonymity, of relative anonymity. You're going to tell me, I'm getting off the next station, they're getting off the next station, that's it, we're never going to see each other again, right? And there's comfort in that. And so my spiritual companions, in some sense, were letting people reveal their deepest selves, their deepest vulnerabilities and their deepest fears in a society that prizes having your shit together, <laughs> right? You don't need anything from anybody because you are totally self-contained and tough and invulnerable. And the path to God is a path that demands every vulnerability be acknowledged and revealed, and kind of a path of humility. And so spiritual companions, if we're doing our work through deep listening is, you know, I'm letting you or we're letting the people who come to us be vulnerable and reveal themselves as we witness them silently. And it can take time. There's a real sanctity in the ongoing relationship, but also in the typical you know, 45 minute to 50 minute session. I know for myself, so just speaking firsthand, like it usually takes me half an hour of talking just to kind of get through all the crud, like the stuff that doesn't matter which is the stuff that we usually spend our lives dealing with in order to get down to the core of something, in order for things to start being revealed. And I actually believe like it, it's just the act of speaking one's story aloud is a deeply spiritual thing. That there's something magical, even as the speaker, to say aloud something that they believe, something that... Or maybe they don't believe. Like I was just saying, sometimes there's just a lot of false self stuff that's coming out of my mouth. And then all I need to do is hear it for the first time to be like, oh, wait, I don't really believe that. I don't really think that. Yeah, that's, that's really insightful, uh, Matt. I, I think that we were just talking about bearing witness, a spiritual companion yeah. witness. And the, the person we're companioning is bearing witness and I'm going to use God because it's, it's easy. Talk, but whenever I say God, you know I mean the beyond the universe. God. I know what you mean. Yes. You're bearing witness to God. And God is the ultimate deep listener, right? God is not usually going to say, oh, good job, Matt. Thank you. That's a wonderful insight you just had. You're just met with seemingly with dead silence, right? Whether you're praying in a chapel or on a mountaintop, or meditating if you're a Zen monk, whatever it is, dead silence if you're lucky. <laughs> There's dead silence around you. It's not like somebody's waving a magic wand and anointing you and going, oh, good job. Here right. I am, God, to, to sanctify and certify what you just... God is the ultimate deep listener. And yet he, or she, or it, 
speaks to you more loudly than anything else that you will ever experience. Everything, everything you see, feel, intuit, or part of is speaking to is God speaking to you silently. It's that juxtaposition. God speaks to us silently. With every fiber of the universe, God speaks to us silently. So he or she or it is the ultimate deep listener. Yeah. And we deal with a lot of I guess paradox. So maybe maybe it's just non-dual thinking, where we are listening to and responding to that voice that is silence, and also just need a person to like honor our story, right? To like actually hear it with human ears, and and to say like, thank you for sharing that. You know, thank you for honoring me with your sharing today. Because the wilderness does not say that to you, as you say. Well, it does ultimately. If you, if you, but, but I, I know what you're talking about. There, yeah. There's a, a relative, and there's the absolute, right? And if we're listening with absolute ears, then of course the the nature and the universe says yes, a big yes, a big loving yes. But if we have the blinders on and we don't, we've talked about this analogy before. We're all like this, and, and we don't open our eyes, and then we complain that we can't see God because our eyes are closed. Until we open our eyes, we need to feel like someone is listening to us. Yeah, that's fair, for sure. I think as we start learning to trust that silent voice that is the voice of our lives, right, we know better. And I guess that just comes through experience. Experience, training and experience. And so, to, yeah, to go back to where we started, you know, it's, it's becoming comfortable with grounding ourselves in the unknown. And in this case, it's our voices are magnified because no one is disturbing our voice. Our voice, our cry of longing, or however it is, our singing, whatever it might be, is being heard because no one's interrupting it. Yeah. But someone is listening to it. We have, you have an audience. You're musing about your relationship with the God that you've lost, and I'm listening to you. And so you are acknowledged on a relative level. You know, you have an audience, and that's important to us. We're designed to be social creatures in every encounter, not just with each other, but in our encounters with infinity. And ultimately, hopefully, we're sharing about the God that we found and the God that we continually find again and again. And that requires bearing witness to, I think, as well. I hope that our conversation has stirred something in you. I invite you to take a moment to reflect. How do you identify with this dimension of spiritual companionship? Does it feel natural? Does it feel elusive? How does this dimension manifest in you? Is it something you desire to increase for yourself? I invite you to take a few breaths and tend to that stirring. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us share and spread the word about the life-giving practice of spiritual companionship, you can help us out by subscribing to this podcast, 
through your favorite app. You could give us a like or even write us a review. Thank you for listening. This is Matt Whitney with Spiritual Directors International. Thanks again for listening. Your time and your presence here are deeply appreciated. If you liked this show and would like us to continue making them, please do subscribe now while it's fresh on your mind. Also, we would love to hear from you, so please feel free to send in your comments and suggestions to the email address podcast at sdiworld.org. SDI is the home of spiritual companionship. Learn more about us and our work on our website, sdicompanions.org.